This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Dayton Ward, author of a whole bunch of Star Trek novels, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise podcast. I am but one of your hosts, Brandy Jekyllah, and with me, again, as always, my cohort, my partner in crime, Patrick Devlin. Patrick, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm actually really doing well. Uh, this is actually my second podcast of the day. Ooh. Um, yeah, well, we just did... Uh, me and Amy just did an, an edge that'll be coming out uh, the Friday right after this is recorded, which is like two Fridays before this one drops. So <laughs> when you're hearing this, you've already heard that one like a week or two ago. But um, Quit messing with people's minds. It happens. But <laughs> hey, they're, at least they're releasing in the time frame I recorded them, one right after the other. You know? so, well done. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I talked over there that I'm doing much better than last week where I almost lost an eye and... Uh, we're, we're, all, we're all good now. If you didn't listen to that one, my eye is fine. I didn't lose sight. I'm good. Oh, yeah. That was scary. I, the picture made me shudder. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Well, it's the one that you posted on Facebook, and then you posted again in the Warp 5 message thread, and I'm like, dude. Well, <laughs> I, I, Brandon needed to know. Um, <laughs> he needed to know you weren't faking? Right. I wasn't just not editing. I couldn't see the computer. So... <laughs> That is that is completely and totally fair, <laughs> completely. Um, but uh, yeah, but I'm fine now. It's a little red still, but the infection's gone. The eyesight's fine, and I'm doing well. Uh, I said it on on the edge uh, now a couple weeks ago, but uh, I had a moment where I was like Lorca, and instead of a needle, it was fire alarm cable. But that's that's how that happened. Uh, but we're we're good. We're good to go now. Uh, Brandy, how are you? Hopefully mm. better than I am or was last week. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm still shuddering at the thought of eye violence. Um, Eyes are people the, too. Yeah, <laughs> eye violence and needle violence—things I cannot handle. <laughs> so I'm do—I'm doing just fine. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's been an interesting week, uh, and it's only Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we're recording. <laughs> So, but no, yeah. I, everything's fine. N- nobody's uh, nobody's in any kind of trouble whatsoever. <laughs> Boy, that makes it sound suspicious when I say that. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay, so who's in trouble? Yeah, nobody has done 
anything wrong. <laughs> really, honestly, there's there's nothing going on. <laughs> I'm very boring this week. <laughs> boring is good sometimes. Yes, actually, I like boring because I'm actually never bored. Yeah, I uh, I spent this weekend bouncing around between uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday doing three Christmas parties and going to Manhattan to see Rock the Rockefeller Center, Macy's, and that stuff. So it's nice to sit here and just talk. Mm, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. Well, we should get on with the talking. But before we do that, Patrick, I understand we got some emails. We did. We got an email from Tom Rich. Love the episode commentaries, especially the recent two-part episode, Shockwave. The one I wasn't on, so that's why he loved it especially. I'd love oh. to see more of these in particular. Uh, the season two episode, Minefield. Keep up the great work. So that's that's a good... Uh, it's actually a great episode to do. So it's a good, I, I like the uh, suggestion there. We should probably do that for him. And uh, Yeah. But know, then, you know, I would want to do Dead Stop as well. That's that's perfectly fine, too. <laughs> we can do them all. We'll just start in the beginning and go to the end. They're just, they're just a nice little pair. They're <laughs> a sweet pair. Or two-parters. Um, yeah, that too. We also we had a second one from, I'm sorry, Brandon Housen. I'm sorry if I'm getting that name wrong. After having watched Enterprise a few times, there are some episodes that felt familiar with those of prior Trek shows, and I was thinking maybe y'all can have episodes of Warp 5 where you compare and contrast episodes of Enterprise with those of prior series that may have, uh, sorry, with those of prior series that may have a somewhat similar story, i.e. 1159 and Carbon Creek, where the story flashes back to the main character's ancestors and shows an important event in their life. Uh, episodes I have in mind for discussion are, and he mentions, uh, as mentioned, 1159 in Carbon Creek, The Enemy in Dawn, Identity Crisis and Extinction, a.k.a. Fraggle Rock. He actually put that in there. <laughs> I love it. Love it. We're now we're, I don't even want to watch Extinction, but we're doing it because it's a.k.a. Fraggle Rock. We're definitely doing that. The Outcast Excellent. and Cogenitor, Shadow Play and Oasis, The Quickening, the Quickening and Dear Doctor, Children of Time and E2, E squared, uh, Tuvix and Similitude. That is a great idea. It is. I think that one of those pairings has been done in a prior episode, but I'm not 100% sure. So, uh, but yeah, I love the idea. So we can definitely delve into that in the future. Yeah, I, I, I really like them. And even if we just started with this particular list, this is a great list of episodes that would play in, well doing it that Indeed. Way. We're going to borrow that from you, buddy. So yep. consider it stolen. <laughs> Thanks. So Thanks for was... doing half our work. <laughs> <laughs> so that was two, no, but that was two really great emails where they gave us two really great ideas for new shows to bring you. And that's what we want. We want to bring you shows that you guys want to hear. So email us and we'll try and get them out as fast as we can. As we can. Yeah, you can also hit us up on Twitter or in the Babel Conference or, you know, any of those other social media places. Yep. So. Yep, you absolutely cool. can. Cool, cool, cool. Well, let us move on to our main topic, which this week we decided <laughs> it was going to be, it, this is actually a suggestion from my husband, Dave, and I thought it was a very interesting idea, and thank you, Patrick, for going along with it. But we thought, there are so many reboots happening with shows from the early 2000s, you know, like Charmed and other things like that being rebooted with new cast and new ideas. So what if we recast Enterprise with current day actors 
and what would we do with that? Who would we choose? So that's what we did. I have my list. You have your list. I seriously doubt there will be any overlap whatsoever. I can't imagine there being even a slight bit of it. Yeah, it's my choices were interesting to say the least. And in some cases, people will probably say, what, who? <laughs> and no, I, I will, think, yeah, I think my list will be, I think everyone will know pretty much everyone on my list. Uh, I don't know if they'll yeah. agree with me on where they land, but I, I, I don't watch much TV anymore. So I had a very small group of people I understand. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is that I had too many people that I know about. And so I had to narrow the field for each character but there were a couple that were actually pretty easy for me that I did without even looking stuff up on the internet and you know comparing and contrasting so nice nice all right so who would you like to start with do you want to start from the least developed character on (laughs) that works for me so we'll start with Travis Mayweather yeah, the we, boomer. It had to be Helmsman. him or Hoshi. So. <laughs> Actually, Hoshi has a little more character development. That's so true. So not much, but a little. So who was your pick for Travis Mayweather? So for Travis Mayweather, I went with a character uh, who is kind of similar to his, I don't want to say temperament, but his knowledge of tweaking things. Um, I went with... Carlos Valdez, Valdez, I think that's how you say it, from The Flash. He plays Cisco in The Flash. I think he'd be a perfect Travis Mayweather. I think he has the temperament. I know he's more jokey in The Flash, but that's what the role kind of calls for. But he's kind of like that. I see ner- uh, Nerdist. I see Travis as kind of a nerdy, kind of techie kind of guy, which works for this character. Nice. I love love that choice so much <laughs> especially since cisco is like so dear to my heart i love cisco so yeah you don't you that flash picture that's up on my wall that no one else can see but you yes. i switched that out with my cisco one nice. every now and again <laughs> so i just have a great big cisco fan art picture oh yeah yeah i do nice. um so you won't know my well actually you might know no you probably won't uh If you haven't ever seen Black Lightning, you won't know who I'm talking about, but I picked a young man by the name of Jordan Calloway for my Travis Mayweather. Uh, He is, he can play younger or he can play older. He's actually, I think, 28 years old now, but he's one of those ageless sort of people. And on Black Lightning, he actually plays a high school student who is, you know, a goody goody and a track runner and he is in a marching protest one night and gets shot and his spine injured and becomes paralyzed and he then later gets uh, his problem circumvented by a bad guy and is now indebted to this big bad guy and is just his entire demeanor changed and it was just it's a fascinating transformation. So for me, I think he can do that sometimes innocent, but, you know, just glowering in the corner at that guy in the seventh that they were supposed <laughs> to take back. He can do any of those things. He is really talented and, uh, and, uh, he's built as well. <laughs> so 
Not that that had anything to do with it, but if he had to do any kind of action stuff, he would be well, well ready for it. Nice, nice. So I, I just looked him up because I didn't know who he was, but I did see him because I've seen the Drumline movies. And oh yeah, I, yeah. He was, in, he was in the second one. I think it was the second one. But I, I so I, I've seen him. I just didn't know who he was. And uh, but from what you're saying, he sounds like a perfect pick for Travis, and he, he kind of fits the look of Travis too a little bit. Yeah, what I wasn't that? really going necessarily for look, but well, clearly just I wasn't. I went with a guy with long hair. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, because you totally wanted him to look like Hoshi. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Don't ever cut that hair. I love your hair. <laughs> Do they allow long hair in Starfleet? Uh, uh, I think that Starfleet regulations still require you to have it back when you're on duty. So he'd have, probably have to put it in a ponytail. Yeah, he does so. that on the flash sometimes. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, so, so I guess our second would be Hoshi Sato, right? Yes, Hoshi Sato. So who did you pick for your Hoshi? Well, I picked a delightful young lady by the name of Karen Fukuhara. Uh, first of all, she's actually of Japanese descent. So <laughs> I like casting people, you know, it's, it's, I know some people just think all Asian people look alike and it doesn't matter because Linda Park is actually Korean. Um, <laughs> so, but Karen Fukuhara, I've, I've seen her, well, I haven't seen, I haven't had the patience to sit through Suicide Squad, but she was Katana at, well, they say Katana, but it's the correct pronunciation of the word is Katana. Um, uh, and which is she was a total bad A in that. And on the opposite side of that, she is the voice of Glimmer in the new She-Ra. So somewhere in the middle is Hoshi, and I know she could pull it off. <laughs> That's interesting. I did not know who that was. And that I, I love her in Suicide. Yeah, she I, is a very talented young lady. Yes, um, I completely agree with that. I didn't even think of the whole make her Japanese when I picked mine, but so my Hoshi would not fit the look. Well, that's okay. But, but my you Hoshi know, is from NCIS, which is another show I watch or used to watch actually, but I don't really anymore. Okay, so but mine would be Paulie Perrette because I think she has the. If we if you were gonna if I was gonna reboot this show, some of the character traits would change, and I would want a quirkier Hoshi, and I think mm -hmm. she could pull that off really well. Well, I totally agree with that. You realize she is like almost 50, right? So what? She looks 20 <laughs> in NCIS. I know. So because, because stay out of the sun, look young forever. Yes. Plus, who says Hoshi can't be 50? Nothing. Because I'm telling you right now, I got a female and a male in here that are no longer female and male. So. Yeah, well, it's fine because we, <laughs> we've done some gender swapping, both you of know, us, apparently. One of them I'll have to change their name. You'll see. That's fine. That's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, solid choices both, uh, I think. So. Yeah, I think th those are good. Either one could fit, depending on how you want to write Hoshi to fit Hoshi. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And see, that's the thing is, like, I'm I'm thinking of my cast in the spirit of the original characters, but not completely adhering to those particular character makeups. 
Right. So, like, the, the way I got to Poli was I do want to see a little bit more quirkiness out of Hoshi because I think that you can use that to develop the character more mm-hmm. and it would be an excuse to put it put her on screen more. But also, she's brilliant. And it, Hoshi's brilliant. So yes. it, fits, it fits the important part of what Hoshi is while expanding a little bit on her personality. And also, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's what I kind of wanted out of that character. Sure. Okay, well then, that means Malcolm Reed is up next. Who did you pick? (laughs) I have John Michael Hill from Elementary. Oh. So he's the, for those who don't know, he's the officer that works most closely with Sherlock and Joan Watson. And he just has the temperament of a Malcolm to me. He seems like he would fit in perfect as a star. Like, just take that character and put him on a ship. And that's him. And that's mm-hmm. a perfect Malcolm, in my opinion. Fantastic. That's a great choice. Uh, I chose another person that I may have to explain. I chose Yoan Griffith, who is a lovely Welsh actor that some people may remember from two Fantastic Four movies <laughs> as Mr. Fantastic. Uh, but more recently, he was on a series that ended too soon that was on ABC called Forever, where he is a doctor who gets killed by a special magical gun or something, and now he can't stay dead. He keeps getting resurrected every time he dies. And because he was shot and he was on a ship uh, trying to help slaves, and he was shot and thrown overboard, and so whenever he dies and is reborn, if there's a body of water nearby, he pops up stark naked in that body of water. Which in New York, you would think, not that big of a deal, but he did get brought in for indecent exposure every now and again. Well, I, um, we're not that bad. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have random people running around naked. Yeah, so, um, and Disney and, got rid of all the storefronts that you could go for that kind of entertainment. That's true. That's true. But, uh, and though he is Welsh, he can do a dead-on British accent. He can also do a dead-on American accent. He can do any kind of accent you want. Uh, I actually saw him a few years back on the Graham Norton show, which is a a British chat show. And he was actually speaking to someone on the phone in Welsh. I won't go and explain the entire situation, but I'm just like, oh, my word, please just keep talking forever. Just never stop. I just want to hear your voice speaking Welsh forever. So uh, I I think he's a way better actor than he's given credit for. I've seen him in a lot of things and he can just, he's one of those people who can just do anything and he's got sort he can kind of do dark and brooding. So it also makes him qualified as a good Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, dark and brooding definitely fits. Um, yeah, he's probably an underrated actor, mostly because he was in those Fantastic Four movies. Mm, I actually people, don't think they were that bad. Didn't like them, and I don't think it, I don't think it was the cast fault at all. No, but you know no, how fans wasn't. can be. Yeah, I know how fans can be, but then they had that reboot, and that did even worse. So well, I didn't even watch it. So <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't need to watch it to know it was going to be done even yeah. worse. I think their biggest problem is they just can't get Doom right. Get Doctor Doom right, guys. Just yeah, come on. yeah, it fixes just, the whole thing. Yeah. So, <sighs> but, but it was 
it was very yeah, good for me to see Chris Evans. So, like, yeah. yeah. Perfect Johnny Storm. <laughs> anyway. Or Captain America. Even more perfect is Captain America. <laughs> However, the movie that made me like him was actually not another teen movie. But that's this is not about Chris Evans. <laughs> we could have cast him somewhere. I didn't. But we nope. could have. Nope. I actually nope. think I think he he's not going to take the spot, but he could have been an archer. Uh, he absolutely could have been an archer, but oh. I am I'm not going there because I don't think he wants to be a captain again for a while. <laughs> True. <laughs> maybe it's just me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, anywho, so our next person would have to be Flocks. Of course. Of course. It'd have to be Flocks. So, who did you pick for your Flocks? Well, this is going to be another out there choice. Uh, Not as but, out there as mine. Uh, I chose Sam Rockwell for Dr. Flocks. Yeah, see, you're trying to remember who he is, and then when you see his face, you'll go, oh, that guy! Yeah, because probably. he's so good at being a chameleon. He can do everything. He can be a jerk. He can be a dumb, arrogant prick. He can be extremely oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah. He can Moon, do anything. Iron Man 2, Green Mile, mm-hmm. Vice... He can he can do anything. He is, in my opinion, another very underrated actor yeah. because he can absolutely disappear into a role. And to put him into Nobile and makeup would make him disappear even more. And he would just he would just live it up in that role. Yeah. I mean, if you just Google his name, listeners, and you'll see the, the above on the top where they give you the pictures of him. He doesn't look the same in any two. Mm-mm. So you literally could make him look like anything. Yeah. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that can do anything, both physically and as far as talent in acting. So, so yeah, I went a little, uh, a little weird here. I, uh, I actually, this is one of the ones I changed the gender of. Oh, sweet! I was Flocks. thinking about doing that, but I didn't. But no, I did, and the reason I, part of this is selfish. Um, I really, really like um, Daniela Panabaker. Oh, Danielle Panabaker, also from The Flash. Yes. First thing I ever saw her in was actually Sky High when she was a teenager. And I thought, yes. that girl's going places. So she's so good in The Flash with Cisco that I had to make sure that still happened. <laughs> you know, kind of like how they, you know, the DC Universe ended up hiring the two guys from Prison Break because that was, they liked that. They kept them. I wanted to keep these two together in my show because I think they're great, and I think it will also bring in viewers from the Flash. But I do I love the way they work together, so I wanted to keep them together. And so all we have left is to Paul and Archer, and I didn't see her as one of those. Sure, I understand that. No, she's perfect for Flash. She definitely plays a great doctor. Oh yeah. So you oh, just yeah. put a little bit of makeup on the side, you change your face just a little bit, and boom, she's Flocks. I've met her, you know. Oh, I'm jealous. She's lovely. And taller than you think. <laughs> Is she? Yeah. So Cisco's not as short as I think? Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what that means? <laughs> yeah. So this name I don't think you have to change because I don't think we know enough about the way they name people no. in Denoblian to know if that's a male or a female name. So she could just stay as Flocks. 
Absolutely. I love it. So. Love it. Yep. Love it. Well, that brings us to to Paul. Oh, we're going to do Paul before trip. Oh, sorry. No, trip. I apologize. Okay. I got anxious. <laughs> I got my list right in front of me, and I still got anxious. Trip. Charles Trip Tucker. The third. Yep. Which is what the trip is for. Yep. I picked Lucas Black from NCIS New Orleans. Yes. So I, I went really far from Jonathan Archer and found a guy who plays next to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Lucas Black. So do I. In... And I've, I've liked him ever since that really bad Tokyo Drift movie. Oh, yes. So he plays a perfect Southern boy. Well, he is, is a really, Southern boy. Right, which is really what Trip is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the essence of Trip. So he plays that to it. He even kind of looks like Trip, which I was, I mean, that was just a happy coincidence. That mm-hmm. he has kind of similar mannerisms and stuff, he and and facial features a little bit, but he just seems like he'd be perfect for the role of Trip. In Tokyo Drift, he likes working on cars, right? In NCIS, he's kind of, you know, that that Southern boy with all the Southern boy charm. Like it's just he seems like the perfect fit to play Trip. Yes, that's an excellent choice. Yeah, I love me some Lucas Black. It was actually the first one I thought of. When you mentioned this to me last week, I mean, I don't know much about actors, but Lucas Black's got to be Trip. Absolutely. Well, I went really far out on this one. Um, I actually had to choose between a couple of people, and I think I made the right decision for me. This is all about personal taste, guys. Uh, <laughs> no, just tell them how I, it is. This is all about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I. Um, I chose I chose a British actor. Now, don't mock me because the Southern accent is actually a bastardization of the British accent. And that is why British people can do a dead-on Southern accent. And I chose Nicholas Holt because that guy, again, total chameleon. And you're going, I don't know who that is. No, I know that name. You, you've, uh, you've seen Mad Max Fury Road? Yes. He was Nux. Okay, yes, yes. I did I did know the name. <laughs> Which I didn't recognize him for the entire movie. And I've seen him <laughs> in several other things. Because he's just that good. And I feel like he would bring actually a little bit of awkwardness to the role, which I think I want in Trip. You know, he's he's extremely confident in what he knows. But it would be interesting to see him not so perfect, I guess, is the right. word to say. But And he can also do really intense and focused when he needs to be and get emotionally upset uh, when he needs to as well. He can, he can just run the gamut. He's one of those people that just, again, chameleon. Absolute chameleon. That's a good, that's a good choice. No, thanks. So now we bring ourselves to where you jumped to a minute ago. Sorry. We get to T'Pol. Yeah. So since you were so excited to get it out there, who's your (laughs) T'Pol? Emily Blunt is my T'Pol. Again, you're going, who? The new Mary Poppins? Oh, okay. I didn't know who that was at all. (laughs) (laughs) Emily Blunt is another one of those women who can do absolutely anything. Uh, she 
has played so many different roles. And again, I forget I'm watching her. I'm never thinking about, oh, I'm watching Emily Blunt, you know, play a role. I'm, she completely engrosses me in every single character that she played. Uh, and she's, she's got these big eyes that I just think would be really great for a Vulcan to just, you know, have someone with those giant eyes just boring into you with this barely concealed disdain. (laughs) (laughs) So she's, she's one of my favorite actresses of all time. And I would just love to see her dig into that role. Nice, nice. Uh, so this is another one we would have to change the gender for, for me, mm. um, which means we have to drop the T. Because okay. we've come to the con- consensus on this show, at least, that women that are supposed to be married are to whatever, to something. <laughs> so okay. I don't think that Jim Parsons is a woman ready to be married. <laughs> so um, I don't, I, we could just call him Paul. Oh, no. No. We'd have to give him a new name. But he'd be a Vulcan, and he'd take the Paul's place. And, uh, and the reason being is, while he knows nothing of Star Trek, really, except what he's learned on Big Bang Theory, and he's not really a nerd ever in his life, he's played the role of Sheldon so well that I can't not have him as my Vulcan. I mean, he's had conversations with the original Spock. So uh, Spock was a figure that he was arguing with. But still... Leonard Nimoy voiced Spock for it, so I have to have him as my Vulcan. Nice. Nice. I, that's an interesting choice that I never would have considered. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Big Bang Theory fan, so if I could find a way to plug one of them in here, it was going to happen. And it, it just, Jim Parsons feels right for this role because he, I know he can play it even not knowing Star Trek. And he, and I'm not giving anything new. Like, he's come out and said, I don't, I've never watched an episode. To this day, he's never watched an episode of Star Trek. But neither did Commander Riker, and it worked out great. Well, I don't, I don't feel that in order to play a role that you necessarily have to have this vast knowledge of everything that came before. So, you know, you can, that's, that's the nature of roles. I mean, most people go into a role of any kind having no idea what the context may be until they've read a script. So I don't think it's necessary to have Trek knowledge to be a good Trek actor. No, I don't think so either. Um, I know some people do feel that way. I don't Mm. feel that way. And Mm -hmm. I feel, I do feel though that sometimes it would be hard to be say a Vulcan or maybe a Klingon if you are not explained at first, but you can get the script first and then go back and watch or something along those lines. Um, But I just, I love his acting ability, the way he, He's uh, that whole cast is nothing like they are in real life, you know. And, and actors, most actors will tell you the hardest thing to do is play myself. But they are they are so good at being the exact opposite of them and acting like they're these big nerds. And the biggest nerd on the show only shows up once in a while and is Will Wheaton. So, you know, he actually has way more nerd credit than any of the people on Big Bang Theory. And uh, but they pull it off and they they make you believe that they know all these references they're saying all the time so i think they'd make a great vulcan excellent and then we're down to one just one left just one captain archer the man himself maybe 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 not maybe well for me he is uh because i'm gonna go with Stephen amell oh <laughs> 
will be still my heart. I ah. love St- Stephen Amell. I've seen him in Arrow, and I've seen him at WrestleMania. And if you can do both of those, you can be my archer. And I have met him. And I didn't even realize this till right now. He's a green arrow, and he's now an archer. Yeah. <laughs> he, and he is a magnificent human being on top of all of that other stuff. But, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Just, oh. Mm. 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 Just give me a minute. Mm. <laughs> So I, th- mm-hmm. I got that one right? That's a good one? Mm, so good. Yeah, so, so good. So good. Okay, sorry. <laughs> he just... Ooh, mm, is that hot in here? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I gender swapped my Captain Archer. So not She's, the man himself. No. she The lady herself. Woman herself. Uh, I'm going to call her Janatha because that's actually a female form of Jonathan. Is it? So... Yeah, Janatha. Learn something new every day. Yeah, there's actually a uh, female artist by the name of Janatha Brooke that I like a lot. Nice. So, yeah, so I would call Janatha her Janatha. And I choose Katie Sackoff. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, she's one of those underrated people who can do anything. I would, however, prefer if she had dark hair and not blonde hair. Well, that's easily fixed. Yeah, so... uh yeah, and strangely, someone who's had a recurring role on The Flash. So, well, and also on Big Bang Theory. Oh, so. that's funny. And uh, yeah, I didn't know who she was before the Battlestar Galactica reboot, and she got my attention very early on, and I just delight in her. And I've seen her in other things, of course. And actually, she is so good that w- the first time I saw her on The Flash, I spent the entire episode going, she looks kind of familiar. <laughs> because usually I pay attention to the guest stars, you know, in the credits, but this time I didn't. I'm just like, oh, I know her from somewhere. And so I'm getting on IMDb and I'm like, holy, oh, that's Katie Sackhoff. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that same problem when... Uh... Cody Rhodes showed up on uh, on Arrow, and I was like, <laughs> "Yep, oh, this guy, he's selling Stardust. I know him. He's uh, I know. I did the same thing. Uh, Took me half the episode. Stardust, and he's uh, he's Cody Rhodes. He's Stardust. <laughs> yep. Took um, me half the episode to get that. So yeah, what I'm was cool about that, that was right before that episode aired, my son gave him Too Sweet at a house show in Queens. Um, wish I had the picture somewhere, but so we got to meet him. Briefly, nice. he he was cool. He's not on any of my list. He could have fit in a lot of these spots actually. Now that I think about it, but he's not really an actor, so yeah. But he he does really great in those fight scenes. Woo! Yeah, yeah. My goodness, well, that was kind of a dead giveaway. Eventually, that he was a wrestler, right? Like, well, he, he well, really he could really sell a punch. Yeah, and see, that's the funny thing. I I said this to you when we had a conversation about this, and I said that when I was watching him fight. In that first episode of Arrow that he was in, he has been in subsequent episodes. I was just like, wow, that that dude knows how to really sell this. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is this is so believable. It just I mean, it's just tickling my brain. Who is oh my word, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we weren't talking about Cody because he's not on either of our cast, but I think those were two really good casts. And very different casts, and yet either one would work sublimely. Yeah, and even if, I think you could even take them and mix some of them out. 
for each other yeah. and they would still work because I think the way we have we each have them constituted or even a mix of those those actors and actresses would work well together absolutely absolutely so, I think that was good I love it I love it all right, so do you want to do the rundown of your list again yeah, to remind everyone? Yeah, sure. I will start. We'll I'll work from where we started down and go up. So for Travis Mayweather, I have Carlos Valdez. For Hoshi Sato, I got Paul, uh, Paulie Perret. For Fla, uh, for Malcolm Reed, no, yeah. yeah. For Malcolm Reed, I have John Michael Hill. For Flox, I have Danielle Pennebaker. For Trip, I have Lucas Black. For Tapal, I have Jim Parsons. And for Jonathan Archer, I have Stephen Amell. So great. It's <laughs> <laughs> just all a tingle about that one. And uh, for my list, my Mayweather is Jordan Calloway. My Hoshi is Karen Fukuhara. My Reed is Yoan Griffith. My Flox is Sam Rockwell. My Trip is Nicholas Holt. My T'Pol is Emily Blunt. And my Captain Jonathan Archer is Katie Sackoff. It's just so perfect. I love that, Captain. Just so perfect. I really I do. I love them both. I just, we had some great lists. Yeah, we did. I was really worried about this because I'm not very good at knowing actors and actresses. So when you proposed this, well, you know, I, it was last week and I was like, oh, we can't do that this week. I don't have enough time. Um, And then even the whole week, I was like, oh, man, I better come up with something good because this is, oh, man, I don't know nobody. But uh, I think I did all right. Thank I, think you. I, I love your people. list. I, I love your list. It's just a mutual admiration society we've awesome. got going on here. So, yeah. So, and listeners, give us your list. Give us, you know, and if you don't have a full list, if you have someone you want to swap out Absolutely. on either one of these casts, let us know. Yeah, we like we to see other people's some, uh, favorites and who that. they would choose. It's it's different for everybody, and I love hearing those things. So, please, go on the Babel Conference and, and, and post that because we want to see it. Or, or email us or ping us on Twitter or any yes. of those things. We've talked about this. <laughs> yeah, hit me up on on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, whatever. Do all of those things. <sighs> well, it has been so fun talking about all of the DC Universe shows today, but it's not the only thing we've been discussing on this network. So have no, because we were talking about elementary too. Absolutely, but a lot about <laughs> the Flash and <laughs> Arrow. So, so here is a quick listen to some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM. To the journey! Brace for impact, yes. <laughs> okay, if, uh, I, I, I'm going to make a commitment to myself right now. If I am ever perishing in a plane crash, I am going to say brace for impact right before I die. To everyone on the plane. I will brace somehow for hear it across the miles. It'll be very dramatic. You know, with some dramatic theme music playing, hopefully, just like we have in Voyager here this episode. Earl Grey. That's terrible. Wow. Like, why would someone think that? I mean, if it's going to infect this entire world of Ferengi, you've got to assume that there's going to be visitors or whatever, and then it's just going to spread yeah, everywhere. Spread that everywhere. doesn't even make sense. Doesn't doesn't sound like a good plan. No, to me. it does not. Literary treks. Both Bound and myself like Star Trek stories that work as uh, some kind of a parable that uh, hold up the mirror to modern times. And when we got the assignment that we could actually write the Prometheus trilogy, we were pretty sure that we wanted to do something contemporary with it, that we wanted to 
put modern day into a science fiction story. And the biggest problem that we saw at the time was terrorism. Melodic tricks. You know, I suppose as being an actor, you know, I just was really kind of feeling into Clive's character okay. and, and trying to express the emotion of what I felt like he was going through on the Sarangi. Mm -hmm. So then it became much more of a personal, individual character. It was how I experienced doing it. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. Now, we've already said this, but we want to hear your thoughts on today's show. You know how to do that, guys. Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Go to the search field on Facebook, type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, and it's going to come right up. It's probably going to be the first response, re result, whatever you call it. But also, please, you can send us an email. Just go to our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5 because that'll come directly to us. And you can find the network on Twitter at TrekFM and on Facebook at facebook.com slash TrekFM. So, Patrick, when you are not busy distracting me with thoughts of Stephen Amell as Captain Archer, where can people find you? Well, they can find me, as we've already said on Twitter, at MagicDrop5. It's one word. The five is a number. They can also find me popping my head up in the Babel Conference, seeing who they want to distract us with. Okay, you know, that goes both oh, yeah. ways. Or they can, uh, they can check me out on the edge with the brightest star, Amy Nelson. So, Brandy, when you're not crossing streams with Battlestar Galactica, where can people find you on, on the interwebs? Oh, well, I'm on Twitter at BrandyWine12. Brandy's with an I. 12 is a number. I lurk in the Babel Conference, swimming just under the surface like a shark. I've said that one before. Um, you can also uh, hear me on Live from the Edge. We are currently covering the short treks. And one will be close to coming out by the time this episode goes out. That'll be the final short trek. And then when Discovery starts running their season two on January 17th, you can find us on Friday nights. Uh, I think we're going to stick with the same time that we've done this uh, in this past uh, spate of short treks, which is 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. But don't quote me on that. That may change. And uh, you can also hear me on the Dark Corner podcast with my excellent husband, Dave, talking about stuff and things from a bit of a darker point of view. We are huge nerds, so we talk about a lot of nerdy stuff. And again, there's another project I still can't talk about <laughs> that's coming soon very nice, to a very nice. podcast catcher near you. Yeah, I might, I might have something in the works, but we'll talk about Ooh, all right. If you'd like to help us keep all of your shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. That's how I got involved when I first became a patron for um, Metatrex. 
the perks that I got, which is still included for you, are early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash event. And at this time, as always, we would like to thank our associate producers for Warp 5, who are as follows. Uh, Captain Norman C. Lau, uh, Vulcan Floyd Dorsey, Chief Engineer Mike Morrison, uh, Security Tim Cooper, um, Communications Officer Justin Oza, Oza? Ozer. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Justin Osa. Osa. I'm sorry, Justin. Uh, please forgive me. At least it's not Chris's name I screwed up this week. And then uh, rotating helmsman Mark Flessa, Chris Trebuzio, and Jim McMahon. <laughs> we so very much appreciate your support of the Trek FM network and specifically your support of Warp 5. We literally cannot do this without your support. So thank you very, very much. Well, that just about does it for this episode of Warp 5. And join us next week when we will be doing something. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a commentary, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Yeah, we're just uh, winging it. We're not. We're not winging it so much as structuring things around our busy holiday season. So that's a good way to lie to the people. Hey, without Brandon here, it just goes to the birds. <sighs> Why do you have to let them in on the secret, Patrick? That's not cool. Sometimes you got to open the veil. Oh man. Sometimes you gotta open he pulled the back the curtain, folks, and now I have nothing more to do except to say, keep calm and boom on. I was going to talk about Stephen Amell for your. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I stole your thunder or your you arrow did. or your. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, if, if it was thunder, it'd be Thor. I know. Um. He's not bad either. <laughs> <laughs> I considered him, but I thought, no, that would be too much of a just no thing because he's yeah. already been <laughs> George Kirk. Anyway. <clears throat> yes, that's true. Um, Let me see. I got to come up with something decent.